is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast and this is the first episode of your Seattle Seahawks specific show. I am your host Dara Mar. I'm joined by my good friend Al McGrath. Al, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, It's been a while since I've talked Seahawks with anyone so looking forward to it. Well that's it and that's the idea now. Obviously with the main show we, we talk about everything in the NFL and now we sort of get to talk a little bit more about the teams that we love or you know, teams at, at times that we love to hate, more importantly, I think at times. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, I love this year, but um, it's definitely been very much a love-hate relationship um, in the past. Yeah, like I've always said, uh, they love to make me miserable and I hate that I keep going back. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how it works for sure. But like I said, this is going to be a, a Seattle Seahawks in a show that you will see every week or every two weeks on the under center podcast here on youtube if you haven't already make sure you hit that like button on this video and you are subscribed to the under center podcast so you will get all of the shows coming up on over the off season it won't just be seattle seahawks obviously we got fion with his commander show reen with his panther show jake with his giant show plenty of content for you to look at there and lots more coming your way as we go through the off season. But for our very first show, I thought we would have one of uh, probably the most regular guests we've had on the show at this stage as well. We are delighted to welcome back Dana O'Gorman. Dana, how are you? I am good. Thank you so much. I feel honored to be on the very first show. I love it. <laughs> Is no problem at all. We hit, we couldn't have taught anyone better to oh. talk Seahawks <laughs> heading into this offseason and what we're going to do with the quarterback position, what we're going to do with the draft. And um, we're just going to kind of touch this sort of edge of the water here at the moment. We're not going to go too deep into it. We have a whole offseason to get into the later rounds of the draft and, you know, specific free agents and stuff. And of course, on your own podcast there with the guys on Real Hawk Talk, you get into it there every week as well. And, uh, you also have obviously air turf football as well, which you're reporting, but that's not just Seahawks. That's for the NFC and AFC West. So you are, uh, the work's not definitely going to really stop for you as soon as the Super Bowl ends, is it? No, it won't. It calms down a little bit, but it, it'll, it just for a few weeks at a time, because then we have, you know, the beginning of the new league year will come up and then free agency will happen immediately after that. And then you have draft prep and yeah, it's, it's, I don't know that the NFL actually stops at all anymore. There's a couple of dead months, maybe like May and June, but that's about it. Yeah, and that's the that's the perfect month for us to sort of take a break, um, sort of you know breathe a little bit, and then obviously, like you said, at, that's after the draft as well. So we sort of get to evaluate the the rookies that the Seahawks have drafted. Hopefully, with with all these draft picks as well, that we can get some um, really key pieces in there to build for the future. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I, I think this is probably, it would not be too much to say that this is probably the most important draft in just the last few years. And and there's a, a bunch of different reasons for that. It's, it's not just because um, they had such a great draft last year, they need to build on top of it, obviously. But I think it's because of that Denver pick and how high that ended up for Seattle that this draft, they need to hit it. They need to nail it. And, and get these players that they really need. But I don't want to discount free agency either. I think that that is going to be really important for Seattle too. Tr Seattle traditionally doesn't go hard in free agency. And I don't expect them to again this year, but I do think that they'll make a couple acquisitions and hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll be the right ones. Definitely for sure. And, you know, we will get into a little bit of free agency as well, because there are some interesting names out there, especially in positions of need that we're going to have to do. But what I want to talk about first, actually, is the quarterback situation. Of course, Geno Smith, who is in the running for comeback player of the year, probably, I'm guessing, will win it. I can't see anybody else taking it now for this for this stage, I, even though I don't know if you can class as comeback player of the year. Normally, it's a player who's injured, like an Alex Smith, who comes back and plays. So, But look, we, we can get into the specifics of that another time. But he is a free agent now. Um we are not sure yet um, what the Seahawks are planning financial wise to give to him. He does, he has said he does want to come back. Uh, 
the team want to bring him back. And he gets on great with the teammates as well. So it seems as though that everything is in place for him to come back. It's just about numbers. And first of all, I'll ask you first, Dana, and then Al, mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on this too. Numbers-wise, what are you comfortable with signing Gino to? Well, to be honest with you, Gino would be stupid to take anything under 30. Just because that's the tag number. If Seattle wanted to tag him, they could. Um, And I don't think Seattle will do that to him. I'm perfectly happy between 30 to 35. I would even go just a smidge higher, which I know makes other people cringe. I get it. You know, they're, they're a little afraid of those higher numbers. But what I think is most going to be most important it isn't even necessarily the number per year. It's going to be guaranteed money. We have to remember it's not like Geno Smith is 27 years old. You know, he he knows that this is probably going to be his last contract. Maybe not. Maybe he'll get one or two years, you know, somewhere else. But let's be let's just be real about it. You know, he's an older player. Um, and so I think that he's going to look for guaranteed money. He's going to look for, you know, different incentives. And I think that he's going to look for a little more than long-term. I've seen some people on Twitter say, oh, give him a two-year contract to guarantee him, you know, 32 million a year. I I don't think that that's it. I don't think that that's it. He's looking for something a little more long-term. And I think that would be smart for Seattle too. We don't know really, I mean, you can speculate, but you don't know really what's coming up quarterback-wise in, let's say, two years in the draft, right? We have to see how these players develop in college. And so I think that if they could look at Geno and say, all right, we are going to give you, let's split the difference, $33 million a year. We're going to guarantee, you know, for three years, guarantee you, you know, 60 of it, whatever it is. And I think that that would, and then make it a little hard for them to get out of until maybe that third year. That gives him a little bit of security blanket. I think they could probably get that signed out of him. Now, let's not say that other teams aren't going to try and come in for him. I see, you know, people talk about how, oh, well, no one else is going to want Gino. That's not true. Did you see some of the quarterback play this year? And so if those teams, and we're lucky that, and we can hope that this gets done before the draft, because if some of those quarterback needy teams don't get to jump in the draft and move up to get some of those other quarterbacks, they could be looking for a Geno Smith to give them a couple year coverage and throw so much money at him. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it'll happen. It sounds like both parties want to make this work. Gino's very settled in Seattle. He's been here for years now at this point. And to be honest with you, he sounds at least like he's a bit grateful, you know, that Seattle gave him this chance. Now I am all about players getting their money. You never know. We have seen time and time again, the last play of a player on a field from an injury. Right. And so I'm all about getting your money. So Gino ends up going somewhere else for more cash, more power to him, because I think that that's really important at his age. But but I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I think he'll end up in Seattle. Um, Yeah, you actually covered a lot of what I was going to say oh, there. sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Uh, I, I, uh, I agree. Um, I can see I can see kind of both ways of looking at it. Um, if you want to look at it specifically from a business side, I can see with our cap situation this year, we have 32, 31 million. I can see why people wouldn't want to pay Gino too much. I don't mind. I mean, look look at previous drafts. You know, people want to go and get a quarterback. They look like sure things. I mean, the past 10 years say it's look. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no there's no guarantee you're going to get anyone that would work out in the draft. I would be more inclined to trust Pete and John um if rumors uh are true. They were looking at um Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and they drafted Russ, and they trusted Gino. I think just sign Gino, sign him anything 30, 35, even if it's a bit more. That's fine, given the quarterbacks. I mean, about 50, 55 million is what quarterbacks are making now. So 30 or 35 is nothing. For a good quarterback, I mean, Gino broke the franchise record for a completion percentage. The passing yards as well, even though that has an asterisk next to it with the with the seventeenth game. But um, yeah, I mean, I have no problem. I pay Gino, and if he gets forty million, then more power to him. 
Yeah. I want to play a little devil's advocate there with this with Gino and, and, and some fears that some fans could have in signing him to a long deal. We have only had one year of production from Gino. Um, there's nothing to say that he can repeat this next year. There um, is a little bit of, and, and this is my own thoughts in it as well, that I kind of like the idea of maybe not paying a lot of money for the quarterback, looking at a rookie um, and using that money elsewhere to build up the team around him. We've seen in recent uh, Super Bowl winning sides that most of them are quarterbacks on their rookie deal, that they can build around the team, around him, that they can, um, that they obviously can get the the quality around him so that he can um, then excel himself. And and I guess because we've had so long with Russ as the quarterback for so long, and then we've had this year, Gino, which was a fantastic year. Obviously we, we never expected this to happen, but maybe having, maybe having a go with a rookie and maybe not allocating so many funds to the quarterback position again, maybe something that maybe some fans want to see what happens. I don't know. Maybe I'm just putting it out there. I'm, I'm throwing stuff at the wall. that's not sticking, but well, what do you think about that? So I get that thought, right? And we, you're absolutely right. Rookie quarterbacks with rookie deals are your best path to a Super Bowl. They really are, right? Because you can do so many things with them. I counter that though with the guarantee. There's nothing to say, you know, Gino can repeat, but there's nothing to say that he can't. And, and he's a veteran. He's already kind of, he, he doesn't get, as we saw so beautifully this whole season, nothing panics him in the pocket. He doesn't get flustered. He doesn't have a learning curve. Now, does that mean we've seen his ceiling? Maybe, you know, that's probably Gino's ceiling is what we've seen this year. It wasn't so bad, you know? So there are the two schools of thought is you get your rookie quarterback and then you build the team around him after you have him. What that does sometimes though, is waste a couple of years of your rookie quarterback contract. The other school of thought, and this is exactly what Seattle did when they back first came in, when Pete and John first came in, is they kept their quarterback, Tavares, God love him, and, you know, rest his soul. But he he just, you know, he was fine. He wasn't near as good as Gino. Let's keep that in mind, right? Gino's much better. But what they did is they kind of left him there. They built the team, the rest of the team, and then they went and plucked, cherry-picked their quarterback and plopped it into a ready-made football team. And so then they had the line that they needed. They had the defense that they needed. So this rookie wasn't having to shoulder all the weight of these games on their, you know, for their, their team. So there is the two schools. You can do it either way. I prefer, and this is not because I'm a Seahawks fan. It's because I'm a defense lover. <laughs> so keep that in mind, but I prefer the Pete and John way. And the reason is, is that then you get the four or five full years of the rookie um, quarterback contract when you already have this ready-made team ready for them to come. So I, I get that where people want new, Th those are the, usually the same people who want to fire Pete Carroll. All right. And that's totally okay. That is going to come soon enough and probably be very disconcerting when it happens, but not when he gets fired, when he retires. But I think that, that it just depends on their philosophy. And from what I'm seeing they expected to do it the first way, the way that you mentioned. They expected to have Gino here for a year, pick their rookie quarterback with what they thought there was going to be their top pick, right? They thought the Seahawks pick would be higher than the Denver pick and then build from there. But what happened this season threw them. And so now you can almost feel them looking more toward that defense and looking more toward the line. God, let's hope they're looking at center, right? Like we can hope and pray they're looking at center. And so a few of these other issues, because now they have a little bit of a security blanket with Gino for a couple of years, and then they can take that draft capital. They can take whatever they need move up, get the guy that they want maybe in a couple of years. I'm not saying either is right or wrong. I just get the feeling that's the way Seattle's leaning. Do you give it a deadline? Do you think that Pete and John have 
you know, draft choices A and draft choices B. If it comes to a date that Gino hasn't signed, they look at B where maybe they're looking at using that number five pick on a quarterback because they can't get the deal done with Gino. And then option A, if he does sign, which is what they want, that they can then look at if it's a player that they want or if they want to trade back. To be honest with you, I think they've already done all that. I think that that's probably already well in the books. They have the two options. They're like, if we can get this done. And that probably comes from the conversations they have with Gino and his agent. Well, really Gino's agent more than anything is what are we looking at here? Because John said in a press conference at the end of the season, they have a drop dead number that they are not going to go over. And so if we, if they get the impression that the agent is pushing to that number or thinks they can do better, they might be like, okay, go ahead. Try, you know what I mean? They're they're ready to step back, knowing they have that fifth pick, and knowing that more than likely, in the way it's been looking more and more, that one of those better quarterbacks will fall to them at number five, which gives them lots of options. We can talk about when we talk about draft at that point, but um, but I think that those conversations are already being had in house. They probably already have everyone looking at it, um, and so, but I think that there will come a point. I don't know if there's a date. It just depends on the conversations where that's April 1st. Okay. The drafts at the end of April. So April 1st, maybe April 15th. I don't know what it is because then the conversations of whether or not they can trade that number five pick, you know, with another team who's quarterback heavy or, or needy or what it may be need to start happening that couple of weeks before the draft. And so, but I think they have their options laid out in front of them as a just in case. Yeah, and you can probably take that up way closer. I mean, to the week of the draft, even, you know, have have mm-hmm. both scenarios there. If we have Gino signed, mm-hmm. great, then this is what we're going to do. And if we don't, then that's fine. We don't have to trade him because he's a free agent, so he can do what he wants and, you know, he can sign wherever he wants and we'll just pick a quarterback then. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see what the reporting is like before or leading up to the draft. If we see a lot of Seattle are looking to trade out a pick, then I'm then you could probably reasonably assume that the deal with Gino is close. But if Seattle are saying right they're comfortable and they found someone that they're gonna pick, and maybe if a few reports say it's gonna be a quarterback, then maybe they're letting some reports out to say that okay, this deal with Gino isn't done yet, and maybe um it might not get done. Right. Oh, absolutely. But you have to keep one thing in mind. And I I would say this to all Seahawks fans. They lie. You guys, they lie through their teeth. If you don't know that you can't trust the thing that comes out of Pete Carroll and John Snyder's mouth at this point, then you haven't been paying attention because they will fib till they are blue in the face. And that's okay. You know what I mean? That's their job. They don't want to tip their hand. They don't want people to know. But I think that there is enough leaking that goes on in reporting, you know, that, that people will probably start to have a good feel. Um, but at the same time, don't believe all those reports, you know, because we heard with the Russell trade, I'm not going anywhere two days later, he's gone. So just, just, just take it all with a grain of salt until it actually happens, especially with this team. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they have addressed, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think they have addressed, I mean, what we've been saying, for a few years anyway um you know they've been a little more honest um since last year even they've they've talked differently and you can see they're approaching the team and the draft differently and the way they've talked about the defense uh since uh the season ended has been promising Prom- i think it's been blunt <laughs> very blunt yeah. and i think that that's a good thing a really yeah. oh, good yeah. thing yeah yeah i'm not gonna hold my breath um yeah. we'll see um but if they can, if they understand where their needs are and understand that it's not, you know, you can't just keep trying to get cute. You know, we need defensive ends and defensive line, but we'll take that in the late rounds. Like you, you need that, those blue chip players, mm-hmm. you need them. You have to have those. And I think they're starting to realize that. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, is is that is that a thing now that we've seen that a change in sort of the the room in terms of, like we mentioned, Russ is gone, and maybe there's a freshness in there that they are now like like you're saying with they're approaching at the best player available rather than mm-hmm. positional need at this stage, um, which you know it could work, 
it might not work and look we might as well go over and, and, and speak about the draft and I just want to primarily on this show today speak about the first round because they have two picks in the first round, the fifth pick and the 20th pick. Um, for me, um, off the bat, uh, as long as this is under the assumption of Geno science, um, okay. that for me, it's Jalen Carter, Will Anderson or trade. They're, they're the only three options. I think that Seattle should look at doing, um, you know, we get into this, and I don't know. I know Al, you've done a few. Dana, I don't know if you do the the mock draft simulators coming up to it at all. But you know, one team that keeps popping up anytime I do this is the Panthers at nine, and that mm-hmm. seems to be um, a viable option, possibly to even, like you mentioned, get some picks for next year as well as maybe not dropping down too far so that you can still get um, a decent player in the first round. And maybe like Al said, possibly a blue chip player. Mm-hmm. I, I am okay with trade. Well, I agree with you. They're, they're the, they're the two gold stars of this draft, right. That are not quarterbacks. And that is, you know, Carter and, um, and will, but here's the thing. I really have a problem with them trading out of the fifth pick if it takes them out of the top 10. I do not want, this is the first time in years that they have had a pick this high. And there are some fantastic players outside of those two in this top 10. This, the, the defensive depth in this is in this draft is amazing. Right. And we know that. So I, I worry about that. I also worry about this draft is in Kansas city this year. So it's right here where I live. And the reaction of the fans will be ugly if they trade back, right? Because we made fun of John for years. We never, we didn't have first round pick for years because he's always trading out of it. But I like the idea of if they can get out of that first round or back, stay in the top 10. So the Panthers really are perfect for that, right? So they come back for that. They sit at nine and get one more first round next year. That would be huge, right? That would be really, really big. I don't know that that's going to happen. I wonder what other trades are going to happen. I really wonder about Chicago trading out of that first pick. There seems to be kind of a 50-50 thought that they will go right after Carter and then others who are like, nope, they have way too many needs. They need as many picks as possible, right? And so that'll be interesting. So those dominoes, those four picks before us will tell us everything we need to know about what Seattle is going to do with that fifth pick. But they have four picks in the top what, 80 or something, 100, I can't even remember at this point. Four picks in the top. It better be defense, defense, offense, defense. And I swear to God, (laughs) I think that's where they're leaning. And I really hope that offensive player is a center, not a wide receiver. But at the same time, it would be interesting to see what picks would be offered, especially if those quarterbacks slide down a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm not so inclined uh, for a trade. I would rather they stick at five and get that player. Like, um, you have Tyree Wilson, Brian Brzee, that is a um, good one, Miles Wilson. Murphy. I mean, you you have you have plenty of players uh, that will go later. Um, that I think can be really really good. But again, it just goes back to that point I was making. I mean, how many teams do we see that their defensive line is transformed with? You know that that first round talent, your Miles Garrett's, your Nick Bosa's, Adrian Hutchinson, just can, last year. Yeah, if yeah. you can get one of those, mm-hmm. that that's the difference on on that defense. You know that that frees up everything because then that's that player again. You know, double, triple teamed, and still making the plays, and then freeing everyone else up. Mm-hmm. So, if we move away from that opportunity, like I, I as I said, I. I've said before, um, I don't think we'll realistically have a chance at Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. But if one of them is there five and you've traded out of that position. Well, remember, they won't trade it until it comes to them, right? They're going to wait and see how that falls. And so here's the interesting thing about that. Like I said, it all depends on Chicago's first pick. If they pick one of them, then they're done. We're we're done with them at that point. The Lions will get the other one. It'll be fine, right? Um, But if they don't and they trade that out to a quarterback near your team and one, two, and three go quarterback, my God. First of all, 
Dana will be yelling at the top of her lungs at the draft. <laughs> but at the same time, that changes everything. I think what they won't do is trade up to get one of those players. I think that that would be a horrible mistake. Um, but my, I have a question for you guys. What happens if those defensive players are gone in the first couple and you have one of those quarterbacks sitting there waiting for you to take them? Would it be a huge mistake for Seattle to skip one of them outside of Bryce Young? And I only say that because I really want an over six foot quarterback. But what do, do you skip that? My answer is yes, but I'm a defensive person. So I would love to get other people's opinion. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, yeah, I, I said I said when I posted one of my mock drafts, I was like, I don't want to take a quarterback. I don't. You have Gino. If you don't have Gino in that scenario, then of course, fine. Yeah. But we're Gino's going to sign, and if we take a quarterback there and then ignore our massive hole on the defense. Mm-hmm. That's just, I'm with you. That just erases everything <laughs> that they did last year. They did all this good work last year. They understand where they need to build a team. And if they do that, then they're ignoring. They just, they've just stopped caring and they're ignoring, you know, the defense. He's going to retire. It's somebody else's problem. Yeah, no, it's just, just <laughs> it's, it's such an obvious issue. If, if you ignore it, then that's, I can't think of a word for how bad that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it all it all goes down to, to how we discussed Gino earlier. If Gino is signed or they are reasonably confident that he will sign, trade. Absolutely trade. And like that, if the Panthers, especially with Frank Reich as, as the head coach, mm-hmm. I doubt they're going to stick with Sam Darnold as their quarterback going into next year. Um, so they'll be looking for someone. I'm just looking at at the draft board there now. So if we're saying what Bears take Jalen Carter, say, then you're saying the Texans will probably take someone. They'll take a quarterback. Take quarterback. That'll be quarterback. CJ Stroud, mm-hmm. Bryce Young, whoever. Um, Carol or not Carolina? Sorry, it's um the Cardinals next. So they will take the other defender. You'd assume. If it was Jalen Carroll, Will Anderson, whichever one's available. And then the Colts, who you would expect also to take quarterbacks in fifth. Yeah. You you'd pause you would have a you would have sort of have a bidding war a little bit because you have the Raiders there as well at seven. And if the Raiders think that the Panthers are gonna try and overtake them, that they will try and get involved in the trade as well. Um you also in between them you have the Falcons. Are they fully convinced on Des- Desmond Ritter? We don't know. Um, so there is potential for a lot of decent trades there. And I would be, I'd fully back a trade to drop back that little bit. And then, like you said, probably the names you gave out all are still pro- going to be available. Um, one of like Miles Murphy and um, Brian Breezy, or uh, who's the other one they said? Tyree Wilson. Was that the other one? Tyree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will probably the Lions will probably take one of those, but then the other two will still be available. So, and then you have another pick for twenty four. I I I would be on the side of trading back. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing, though, is that you you brought up a great point, and this is why the draft is so fun, right? Because it's a complete crapshoot, right? Like you don't know who's going to do what, but so you look at those teams who are just below Seattle. So you look at the Falcons, you look at the Raiders who are getting rid of Derek Carr. They need a quarterback. You look at the Panthers, which one of them are going to make the Chicago bears an offer. They cannot refuse for that first pick, right? If any of the three of them do that and Chicago is desperate at every single position, but quarterback, how do they not take it? And if that happens, three quarterbacks gone in the first four. I'm in like, it makes me giddy. Like I get so excited about it at the same time. If they don't do that and slide back, you're right. The the options are going to be handed to Seattle on a silver platter. Like what could they want? And that could include trading of players. So keep that in mind. Some of those teams have some decent players on them. Maybe that's how Seattle gets some, some extra veteran depth there too. So it'll be interesting. I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. 
Well, it is. It is, and if it if we are talking about Chicago trading out, but we can't rule out then the Colts trying to overtake maybe the Texans to get mm-hmm. the quarterback that they want ahead of the Texans. If you want to look outside the top ten, the Titans are at number eleven. They are probably going to be looking for it because I don't think maybe maybe Malik Willis will be the guy, and maybe they'll go with Tannehill for a little longer. But who knows? Um, and, and look. Don't forget the Jets. If they can pull off that trade for Aaron Rodgers, which everyone's expecting to happen because of Nathaniel Hackett's hire, the Jets will be looking. And they're in 13 at the moment. So mm-hmm. there's a real opportunity. And then, sorry, right underneath them is the Packers at 14. So if they do just trade our Rodgers, there's one. But then we go into this scenario where, like you've mentioned, that you don't want to get out of the top 10. You want to stay mm-hmm. in that top 10 for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it does involve... Uh, a boatload of picks. You still want to stay in that top ten. We but, have to remember too. There could be trade up for for the two defensive players. Too. <coughs> we, we can't roll that out at all either. So mm-hmm. you know, there it's just. But isn't that the fun of the draft? You never really know. Although I did read something. One of the draft guys that I follow who said he thinks there'll be more trades in this draft than we've seen a, in the last few years. So it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, you you mentioned the Titans there. Uh, I was just looking, they're going to be looking to offload a lot of contracts uh, this year. So if we want to maybe trade with them and get Jeffrey Simmons, because they're $23 million over cap. That would, that, I'd be happy with that. Option. I wouldn't argue with that, he's, but then you got to eat veteran, his contract. But, yeah. 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 But like you said, Dana, the cap doesn't matter. So it's fine. Fair. It's, it's not real. <laughs> totally it's not true. Real. It's not real. <laughs> But let's let's have a little chat then. Let's go down the draft board and let's have a little chat about twenty. Mm. What what are we thinking with pick number twenty at this stage now? Um, who do we think realistically could be available now? Before we came on air here, me and Al were speaking, and the name that came up and which we don't think could be available at twenty, but would mm. be great if it would be, and that's Trenton Simpson. Oh, yeah. I see him mocked higher than that. Traditionally, yeah. a little bit higher than that. You know, it, it, it uh, it's just going to depend because we remember last year we were looking at the draft and we had a, what we thought was a pretty set order. And then people were falling and going higher and sliding all over the place. So it's hard to really say one player, but I will say I want it to be a defensive player. I think if they can get two defensive players with their two first round picks that even if it's lower than five or whatever it may be, I think that that sets them up really well. And, you know, it needs to be, you know, a lineman, an end, you know, a pass rusher. And this draft is really deep for that. Um, I've seen a couple of mocks where people will put a wide receiver in there for um, for the um, the 20th pick. I think that's too high and I don't think they'll do it. I think that they realize Eskridge is not the answer. He's going to probably go. Right. And so then they have, you know, Lockett. They have DK. They they don't have to reach that high for a wide receiver, in my opinion. So I don't think that that'll be it. But but I I wonder too if they don't trade in this. I could be wrong. But if they don't trade out of that number five pick, I wonder if they'll trade out of twenty and maybe move back just a little bit further if the player that they want is not there. But you made an excellent point, both of you, at the beginning of this. John Snyder said flat out they were no longer drafting for positions of need. They were taking the best player available, and that worked so well for them last year that maybe they just stay padded the two picks they have. Yeah, I um, I don't see a ton of trades this year. I mean, really? if they're good trades and, you know, it works out really well, happy to be wrong. But I just I, – I see them doing it because they saw, they saw what they got out of Charles Cross – you know, they stuck with that pick at seven and the level of play that they got from him was absolutely worth staying at that pick. Um, as far as the pick at 20 goes, I think you're right about wide receiver. I said that to Dara before we started. Mm-hmm. Um, I would sort of like to see them take a wide receiver. Um, I like Jordan Addison or Zay Jones. Um, I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. I do like, if you want defensive line, I like Siaki Ika. Um, big 260 pound nose tackle I think he'd be a great, a big beastie uh, that's what we call him <laughs> yeah because then he could take over for Al Woods because he's out of contract next year I think 
Um, or um, a guy I really, really like is uh, Kalijah Kansi. If they don't bring back Puna Ford, he could take his position. Mm-hmm. And he is a really, really good run-stopping, pass-rushing three-tech. So, I, I Of those two that you there. mentioned, I think Al Woods will actually be back. They'll use him rotationally, just kind of like they did this year. But you're right. I don't think Puna will be back with that con- or with the contract that he's going to want. And I, he does not – he doesn't fit the scheme. He'll, he'll be so much better somewhere else and have a better career there. So it's a good point. What do we think of um... – and it's another name that we brought up Al, there before we came on here is um, the Georgia edge defender, Nolan Smith. Um, he's sort of being projected around the 20 range. Mm-hmm. And if it is the case that Seattle don't get one of the premier air rushers, they want mm-hmm. at five and they trade back and use it maybe on someone else. They can use this 20 pick on the, on Smith. Mm-hmm. Any Georgia defensive, you know, I'm in, right? That defense was just insanity, right? And so you have to realize that they come from the the same, you know, coaching school. Yeah, the the talent, Carter, they're insane, right? Like we get that. But but I think that any of those Georgia defensive players in that first round makes sense, you know, to a certain extent. Um, And so once again, you're just, I think you're just going to see if he's highest on the board when it's left. I think that that makes complete sense for there. It it's, you have to kind of look, you look at scheme and the way they played in college and their talent level, but you also look if they'll fit for you and those Georgia ends seem to do to, to fit this type of scheme for Seattle. So I, I would be great with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there anybody on the offensive side, apart from wide receiver, maybe Lyon, is there anyone there that you're seeing that um, that you would be reasonably comfortable taking at 20? Um, a center. I was just going to look up because I've forgotten his name. Um, there was one from Florida State that I see, and that's uh, yeah. Osiris Torrance. That's his name, yes. So, um, And then there's also the, the, the center out of Notre Dame. John Michael Schmitz, maybe. Oh, no. That's Michigan. Patterson, Peterson. I can't remember. I can't Uh, remember. Jared Patterson. Maybe. Yes, that could be. I'm sorry. Their names really. I get this fantastic (laughs) draft book and it all starts to blend (laughs) together. But um, I would be okay with the center at that position. It's really, I think, the only offensive position I would be okay with. I would prefer to get them in the second round. But if the guy sitting there and that's what they want, I think that that is. In my opinion, although the guards, too, to a certain extent, I think that they're going to need some help there. But I think there's an – I'm not complaining about Austin Blythe. He, he's a fine center. But I think what we have learned more than anything is we need more than a fine center. And for those of us who've been around for a long time and remember Max Unger as our center for so long and and the trust level that you had in, in him – um, and that's no shade to Justin Britt. He was fine, but really it was Max Unger was kind of the key. I think that that's a position that they, that Seattle really has just kind of been like, meh, we'll figure it out sort of a thing. And it just hasn't worked. And, and I'm hoping, and, and to be quite blunt with you, Russell Wilson took the, you know, had all the problems with that because he ended up being sacked so often. And I think a lot of that was there, but they've improved the rest of the line so much, especially with the rookie ends, you know, the rookie book, I call them the bookends, the bookends. I think that that is, that that is probably the next position of need. I I'm, I have no interest in a running back. I, I would much prefer they brought Rashad Penny back for another year. I, I don't want them to draft a, a wide receiver that high. They can get a wide receiver, a third stringer wide receiver, even further down. If they don't, and they might not even want to do that then because they seemed real happy with young at the end of the season. And so they might be okay with just waiting on that too. Um, so I think if they're going to do offense, it needs to be line and I would prefer center. Yeah, I, okay. I agree. Um, I, yeah. Osiris Torrance is uh, the best one. He's the only one I've looked at. I can't <laughs> ever at the moment. That name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think, I think that's, realistically that's the most likely offensive player you take there um can you imagine if they took a running back there I think after, after it, last it, year with Kenneth B- Walker Bial Robinson is that his name that's from Texas isn't he the, the next uh, running uh, back there B- B- John Robinson or something I yeah. just don't think that they would do that and I understand no. the best player available 
but they have that. I mean, even if they don't bring Rashad Penny back, they still have Kenneth and DJ Dallas, who does fine as a second running back. You know what I mean? And then Homer, who they seem to love, right? And so he's always kind of there in the mix too. I just don't think that that's logical. But as we have learned, logic doesn't always do well with Seahawks drafts for sure. <laughs> I don't want them to take a running back, but I just think it would be funny if they did. Oh no! Everyone would funny, lose their minds. Funny, bad. <laughs> yeah. Look, they had to take enough uh, enough grief from the uh, the Ken Walker pick last year, even though he did very well and had a I very good rookie pick. season. I don't know why everyone had a problem with that. I love Kenneth Walker. I thought that was I a don't, great pick. I don't know if I've told you guys the story. I've told it on a couple of other podcasts. So I was at the draft last year, and I was in the media room when Seattle made that pick, right? And I saw it come up on the screen, and I'm like, oh, because I just knew the reaction that was going to happen on Twitter. But all the media guys around me started cheering. And he, this, this one guy, he looked at me, and he goes, you guys just got the best pick of the draft. Like he was all in on Walker. So I'm sitting there on Twitter trying to defend this pick, <laughs> but everyone else was like, oh, running back. Oh no. I'm like, I am telling you all these experts around me. Think it's <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. That's the thing we'll have to say. I think, I think, yeah, like that. We're definitely more opening to, to trading back on that 20. If it does happen, because mm-hmm. it seems as though it, like in, if you want to go down the position of need route, there's not a lot there at the moment that's going to be so if you do drop down a, a couple of slots that's not going to be too bad and, and if it helps you get a pick for next year it, it will help too um mm-hmm. before we go before we let you go dana mm-hmm. and you've been really good with your time thank you so much um are you were having a look at a free you a uh, free agent talents mm-hmm. um before we came on air what who uh, caught your eye so really um, it's it it's really kind I'm, of positional. oh sorry go ahead no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm sorry. I thought you said me, Niall. I'm so sorry. Um, I, uh, I was, um, I was really looking positionally. I think that if Seattle is going to look at, and I, we've, I've had this conversation on a couple of other podcasts too. And so I don't want anyone to think that this was all of my idea. It was not, this has been a collective thing. Um, really the position of need that I think they would do better at in free agency than necessarily they would in the draft is linebacker, right? So we cannot look at Jordan Brooks could be out halfway through the season next year. We don't know when Jordan Brooks is coming back. What are you going to do? Go in with Cody Barton. And so you don't want to do that, right? Like that's, that's, and there's no, no offense, Cody Barton. I'm sure he'll be a fine backup linebacker. But when you look at that position, I think that there's enough free agents that are coming onto the market that might be really helpful for Seattle. Now it's, it's a long list and I'm not saying you want to break the bank here, but I don't know that you need to break the bank for this level of linebacker. You need someone who's solid. You need someone who is, you know, consistent. You don't need necessarily Bobby Wagner in his prime. It would be great, but too expensive, right? And so you want to kind of look at some of those players, probably inside linebacker especially. But I think that that would be, that would be the one free agent that I would hope maybe they would look at. Um, I have no interest in a free agent wide receiver. I have no, you know, although I think Marquise Goodwin actually played pretty well for Seattle this year. I mean, he was hit or miss here and there, but he was pretty consistent and, and, you know, didn't, you know, make any huge mistakes. And I thought he was just fine. And he's fast, right? Insanely fast. Um, But I don't think that that is it. I think that if you're going to look at free agency in any way, shape or form, I think you have to look at linebacker because defensive ends and defensive linemen, they're deep in the draft this year. You don't need to get a free agent there, but I think linebacker would be a good spot for them. Al? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> long day. Long day. Um, yeah, there's a few There's a few linebackers uh, that would be interested in. I'm kind of the opposite. I'd rather go in the draft. There's some good-looking linebackers that you might get in the mid-rounds, mm-hmm. late second, third, fourth. Um, there's some that people aren't high on that had really good seasons. Um, so I think rather than signing a free agent linebacker and paying maybe a bit too much, um, I think the draft is the place to look for that. Um, you got Noah Sewell. People are down on him, but he's he was good. And um, I can't remember his name now. No one's talking about him. But he looks really good. Uh, Diane Henley, 
Um, I think he played for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked really good, and no one is high on him at all. I think you get him in the third or fourth, and he kind of fit right into what we need. And From especially Washington, if, State. Uh, Washington State. Washington State. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty you can get, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not really interested in paying like a bloated contract for an okay linebacker. I, I just don't think you're going to have to though. I, I just don't think, and we have to keep in mind too, you know, I think that I don't think I'm not looking to spend a ton of money on this and I don't know that you would have to, but at the same time, college level linebackers, there is traditionally a bit of a learning curve for them. Correct. And so it's important to have someone with a little bit of experience on your team. So you get a, you know, a free agent on a two year, three year contract then still draft one. They have plenty of picks and then kind of see where they go from there. I just think that that is the one smart, you could look at offensive line, but offensive linemen are really hard to get in free agency. <laughs> so teams usually hold on to them pretty tight. Um, but I, I just think that that would be good. I, I do think that they should still definitely draft some youth there for sure. They need to, they need to have as much depth as possible on that defense. I think. Yeah, I always I always get a little worried when it comes to the linebacking position because, you know, if you ever watch the you know behind the scenes or the mic'd up videos that come on the, the the Seahawks YouTube channel after every game, they always there's always a linebacker huddle and it always looks like there's only three or four people there. They look like the loneliest guys there. <laughs> we need a few more bodies in that linebacking room so that so it fill, fills it a little sad. bit more. Yeah. They do. I mean, they do. It was grand. It was. It, it was. It, it was grand when. Um, um. Oh, his name is escaping me. Um, the previous defensive coordinator, Ken Norton. Mm. Um, when he was there, because he used to be the linebacking coach, so he would spend a bit more time with them as well. Is he gone? Sorry, I was gone there for a second. I'm back. <laughs> um, but I was, I was just saying there. I am. Um, I was having a quick look at some of the free agents in the linebacking position, and obviously, there's the higher tier guys that are going to command right. a lot of money, right. like the Levante Davis, the Deion Joneses, the uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Like the, they're sort of they're out of the price range. That the, there's mm-hmm. no point throwing the money at, at that. But there are some other ones that maybe like that. If you want to try and get someone in the division, you know, Al Shair from the 49ers is going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they will pay him. He, he might stay there. Um, he might not. There's some other ones like Quan Alexander. You can just throw a few Bob to Leighton Van Der Esch is there. Um, Anthony Barr has had a, a few nice seasons. You know, there are some veterans there that you can, um, give a bit of money to that I think that can help the team especially like that if we are getting draft youth picks in the front as well to help with the veterans in the back to help them out mm-hmm. yeah I think that that's that's smart that that would be my pick because we all know Seattle never really plays too much in the free agency market but sometimes they pick up on Nuoso was the perfect example of a guy who's just kind of mid-level when he comes to money but makes a huge impact so yeah Yep, for sure. Um, but listen, I think that's the perfect place to end uh, this first episode of the Seattle Seahawks show on the Under Center podcast. Actual name of the show is pending. It will happen soon <laughs> once we figure out and figure out what it's going to be called. Dana, thank you so much for being our very first guest on the show. We really appreciate appreciate you taking the time. Oh, I'm honored. I love coming on and chatting football with you guys. I think it's it's just so fun, and I I love your guys's excitement for for American football. I think it's it's exciting and a lot of fun. Actually, I I should have asked you at the start yeah. because um you were over this side of the Atlantic during the season for the Germany game and I, how was your experience back over in Europe? Oh, it was great. I love Europe. You know, we try and come once at least once a year, sometimes every other year, but um yeah, the Munich game was a blast. I had not been to Germany. I had a great time in Germany. Um it was uh, the game was, eh, it was all right, but we still enjoyed it. Right. Like we were there. We had a great time. The, the fan base was crazy. I thought it was crazy when the, I'd been to the London games. No, the Germany games hand down beat it. Um, but it was a lot of fun and, and the NFL did a great job with it. I think that, 
Um, the two games in Germany next year will be a huge hit, especially with the Chiefs going over. I know the Chiefs and the Patriots are two big, huge fan bases over there. So that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, it was just great. And and the fact that, I, I mean, everyone was so nice and people were so excited that, you know, these Americans came over to watch the game. So it was it was lovely. I, I had such a good time. And 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 it was it was um, I would say it was better than the London games. I had a lot of fun. Excellent. No, I do. I do remember being at the London game as well. And mm-hmm. it was fun. But yeah, I would imagine looking at the atmosphere in Germany and seeing it's the videos nuts. throughout the whole week, it definitely it definitely looked like it was because it is it is kind of underrated as well. How big of a, a German following the Seahawks. Yeah. I had we have their own bar there. I asked we were there at the German Seahawkers had a big, huge event and they were nice enough to invite us to go. And and um, we went and there was Seahawks stuff all over this bar. And I said, did you guys put that up? He's like, no, it's up like this all the time. So Munich has their own Seahawks bar. Apparently they have a Chiefs bar, too, down the way. Those are the two teams. But I was just like, it cracked me up that they, you know, this giant, you know, this giant bar with Seahawks themed everywhere. So it was a lot of fun. That's a, oh, we have to set up our own Irish Seahawks yes. band and, and we might, we might get a game over here. Now. <laughs> I would love that. That would be great. <laughs> we have the stadium for it. We just need, we just need them to, uh, to get, to get the okay for it for sure. Well, look, that's something for the future. Again, thank you so much. Um, if you want to uh, follow Dana, you can um, and then if you don't mind uh, mm-hmm. where can the guys follow your work or if they want to read any of your writing as well sure so um, you can follow me on Twitter it's at Dana OG D-A-Y-N-A-O-G and then oh my gosh all the podcasts so I do Archer Football we do that every Tuesday night um, live then I do the Real Hawk Talk with the Hawk Blogger crew usually every Wednesday in the off season it's a little more hit or miss how regularly we do that um, and then at least until the end of the month I, am do, I do the Field Goal podcast too for SB Nation but as most people know SB Nation axed all their podcasts so we're we'll be there until the end of February so that's kind of sad but it's still a lot of fun so yep come find me it's we have a good time and the Our Turf Football Podcast covers all 32 teams the other two are Seahawks specific excellent stuff Al uh, I think pretty successful first show (laughs) yeah it was great it was lovely to talk uh, Seahawks and uh, yeah looking forward to it again we were quite uh, we were quite nice to each other on this one. I think there's going to be plenty of occasions now we're going to be at each other's throat, and I'm sure when it comes to who they picked and wrong, that is definitely one to keep an eye out for. And to do that, all you have to do is go to our YouTube channel and subscribe under Center Podcast if you're not watching it. If you are watching us right now, make sure if you haven't, hit that like button as well. And comment. Let us know who do you want the Seahawks to draft at number five and number 20 in the draft, or do you want them to trade back? But that is all the time we have for on this show. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.